I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. Hi, I'm Yui Shu. And I'm Julie Kraftchik. We're active daters turned dating sociologists. Here to dive into everything modern dating and relationships. Welcome to the Dateable Podcast. Hi, friends. Welcome back for another bonus episode. This community is so incredible and we can't thank you all enough. I'm just so grateful to have you all. It's like We talk about having a love army. I really (laughs) think the dateable community is our love army. (laughs) Do you feel that? We have. And I honestly, the amount of love you've gotten from the breakup has been so heartwarming. I'm not even the one going through what you're going through. And I'm not going to lie, I might have cried by some of the messages. I mean, just the DMs alone have just, I compiled them and saved them to my phone because I read them as like my daily mantra. Some of you have shared very vulnerable things with me, but also many others of you are like, I don't know you, but I just want to tell you I support you. Thank you so much for that to... I don't feel like you're strangers <laughs> at all. Yeah. Even though maybe we haven't met in person, it 
truly feels like we're in this community together. So thank you. Thank you for the outpour of support and love. Yeah, there's been some that have been kind of funny that they're like, I don't know if you need to hear this from me because you don't (laughs) know who I am. But it's like, no, we love that. Honestly, it makes our day. We actually got two amazing letters within like a span of two days last week, remember? Or two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I'm losing track of all time. I've been away. So I have like vacation brain kind of going on. (laughs) And we got these two incredible letters just about how Dateable helped these listeners. And honestly, that, it really, this is what keeps us going. We've said it before, but like when we get these, UA and I will like instantly message each other and just be like, holy shit, did you see that message? Like that is why we do what we do. (sighs) Yeah, truly it is. And if we don't have a why behind what we do, then we're just doing the what, which has no meaning whatsoever. So you all give us the why. Mm -hmm which in turn gives us the meaning in everything that we do. And it's not just only incredible to be sharing this space with you all, but also just knowing that we're not in it alone. And I understand in this world right now, which is really fucked up, I can't, <laughs> I can't say it enough. It's a pretty fucked up, messed up world. We really need each other to get through all the new challenges and obstacles that no other generation has seen. It's just great to have this support because obviously having more people than just yourself is much stronger. And we highly encourage you to send us wins. We've talked about this before. We had a great episode we did with Drew with the comparison game, how he had his wins folder. And I still love that so much because wins are what gets us through. It shows that there's progress being made, whether you can see it or if it's a little more subtle. We had someone write to us that one of our episodes that we did back a couple seasons ago with Meredith. Meredith. With yeah. about just like her positivity and spin on dating. It put this listener in such a good mindset. She was abroad at the time and she used that episode to go into her last night in just a different mindset. Just like her whole vibe was just radiating at that point. And she ended up meeting someone that night and now she got her visa to live there permanently and they're starting their lives together. So she sent us that message, which was incredible. And then we got another message about just how someone had been recently listening to our podcast. They've had a slew of unhealthy relationships, and this has helped them approach newer dates in just a totally different way. So it can be a very big span of wins. Anything is a win in our book if it's helping you feel better about yourself and get closer to where you want to go. I love that. It's so interesting where we catch you mm-hmm. at what moment in time. And I understand because I re-listen to our episodes all the time and I learn something different each time that's relevant to what I'm currently going yes, through. Yes. So because we do it, you can also do it too. re-listen to old episodes. You never know what you take away from it. And the moment in time that we catch you at, whatever message that resonates with you. It was meant for you. Like the universe truly delivered that for you. Really treasure that moment. You know, there's sometimes that like a guest would say something and I'm like, holy shit, that was meant for me. Like that was a message that was meant for me to know right now. Yeah. Really think about that. The timing of the messaging is really interesting. And timing of (laughs) other things are also very fascinating (laughs) as in Julie's 40th birthday. That recently passed. Oh my God, the big four is zero. <laughs> you were away with your family for your actual birthday, but came back and we had a friend's birthday in Napa this past weekend. And it was.
was epic. It was definitely <laughs> one of those things that like, ah, oh, yeah, that's how you do a 40th birthday party. <laughs> I want to thank you first and foremost, <laughs> because you came in on Saturday morning and you left Sunday morning. You basically yep. came in for this extravaganza. And I'm like, oh, you're such a good friend. Honestly, it means so much that you came and did that because it wouldn't have been the same without you there. So it made me super happy to have you. You only turned 40 once. <laughs> you know, I feel like you've always been gung-ho on your 40th. Like you want to do the big celebration. Yeah. Which is unfortunate because COVID was like in yeah, its Yeah, it was peak. during COVID. I feel like we still need to do like a delayed 40 for you. I'm going to do a 45th uh, birthday. Okay, okay. <laughs> but you've always been like really excited about this milestone. And I feel like I wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. And our friend, one of my best friends from college, Kate, I'll give her a shout out. She oh, was she really- Oh, she did an incredible job. We planning. called her Captain Cake. She had Holy shit. the whole wine country extravaganza planned down to the T. But she had been texting me for a while. So she's my best friend since freshman year of college. So we go way back. She lives in the Bay Area too. Part of why I moved out here. So anyways, long history. And she was like, what are we doing for your 40th? And I was like, I don't know. This was like maybe six months ago. She was like on <laughs> me about it. And I was like, she's like, what about a, like a limo to Sonoma to wine country? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, it sounds good, but there's something holding me back, I guess. And I think mm-hmm. it was just because I was like, wanted to celebrate 40, but then also a lot of shit could come up at 40. Mm-hmm. And I think like people will say 40 is the new 30. So it's not like the stigma isn't what it used to be. But there is something about that age that feels like, oh my God, I'm a freaking adult. At least to me. And like, it makes you be like, oh, am I where I want to be in all parts of life? That being said, I kind of was like, oh, like, I'll figure it out. And I ran into a college friend of mine. I was actually out for my partner's birthday. We were at the sushi place. We are at the sushi bar. There was this huge party mm-hmm. at the restaurant that was taking up like the entire restaurant in the front. And this, this guy came to the back and he was like, Julie Kraftchik, BU, Boston University. And I'm like, <laughs> and he like said his name and I was like, holy shit. First of all, he looks completely different. I would never have spotted him a thousand years. But he had this massive party. They just looked like they were having so much fun. Suddenly my partner and I were in the party. We were getting like <laughs> the drinks and sushi and desserts and like anything that they were getting from their party. And I was like, oh, you know, I texted Kate the next day. And I'm like, I think I want to do a 40th. I yeah. think I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. That's the way to do it. Yeah, like you can embrace it and bring it in and be excited for this next chapter. It's like very similar to like a breakup, right? Like you could be excited for what's to come or you could be mourning what has passed. There's also an added layer to this. If you are unmarried without kids and 40, you spent the first fucking half of your life celebrating other people. That's true. So it's about time that people celebrate you. (laughs) That's how I truly feel about your 40s. It's like, do you know how much money you've spent on other people by now? Yeah. Right? Now it's time for other people to celebrate you and spend money on you. I did feel like a little guilt about that. Like I felt like a little guilty about like people spending a ton on on my party. But you're right. I didn't think about it that way. And this kind of felt like a bachelorette party a little. It did. It did. <laughs> it was all women. Okay. We'll start yeah, with we're that. Like, Guys, we don't need you. Sorry. <laughs> we started at like 10.45 a.m. on Saturday. Took a limo to Napa and started drinking by 12, I guess. 
then we came back. So we did two wineries in Napa, mm. which were beautiful. Selenus and Silverado, both very beautiful and had a little picnic at Selenus. And then we took the limo back for dinner in San Francisco. The weather difference was just astounding to me. Like going from 100 in Napa to like 57 into San Francisco (laughs) in one day. It's like magical. You just went through two different seasons. Maybe I was just a little drunk because it didn't really hit me that much. (laughs) No, no. Did you drink a lot? I wasn't keeping tabs on you, but were you drinking? I did. I mean, okay, so some of the group petered off. You know, dinner was a part. We yeah, lost a two few of the girls, people. Two of the girls we, threw up <laughs> by dinner. Two people voluntarily left. One person had to leave mid-dinner. Not yes. On like plan. mid-bite. Yeah, she's she like, like, I'm, I'm sorry. I have to leave. <laughs> she did all look good. <laughs> she threw One up. One person booted and rallied. She came yes. back. Yes. Strong. Yes, she came back she did. real strong. She was yeah, there until yes. like 2 a.m. I was okay, but then we went to this club. <laughs> so UA had some friends meet up that you were staying with. Your friend Billy, we'll give him a shout out. So he brought some of his friends. Amazing. I love Billy. But they were like starting their night, which was yes. kind of a weird place to be. At like because- 9 p.m. Yeah. yeah, they were starting their night. We had been out since 1045. And we go to this club and there was a cover, even for girls, even at 9.30 p.m. Yes, we were there at 9.30 <laughs> And it was empty. <laughs> so we thought like for sure we wouldn't have a cover. So they were like, well, you guys could do a table. And somehow this got justified that this was a better deal, even though it's clearly not in any way. I think we were like very, I was at least trying to be clear that like, there's a chance I'm not going to make it that much longer. But people wanted to do the table. So we got there. And I think I had like one drink at the table. And that's when it hit me. Yeah. Like I started to feel very ill at that point. And I'm like, oh, ill. Yeah. I was like, I need to go home. And it was funny because one of his friends was like, Oh, are you going home to your man? And I'm like, yeah, but not. That's not why I'm going. Home. <laughs> <laughs> not like, I'm not like going kind. home for like. <laughs> like I'm about to puke on you. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, it's not that. <laughs> so Hawthorne, people are always very interested where we go in San Francisco, right? Because it's nice to name the actual places. So we went to Hawthorne. It's in the middle of Union Square, like the most dead area of San Francisco. It's but like financial district. I feel like it's not even Union Square. Yeah, it's even more dead is what it's I'm like trying in, to get at. Yeah, in, in a part of San Francisco that nobody goes to except for this club. Be- <laughs> Why we love this club, which I haven't been to in years, is because they play hip-hop music. They used to have a hip-hop room. And most recently, they switched it. So hip-hop room is in the front as you walk in. And that they have like this smaller EDM room in the back now, which is great. Like get all the EDM people in the back tucked away. So we go for the music, but we also... I really like the space, too, because you do get more Mm -hmm. elbow room. Like It's not like Raven, which is another club that we ended up going to after this one, where you're just like shoulder to shoulder and smelling people's armpits all the time. I was fast asleep by the time you all went there. (laughs) But I appreciate that. I think what's great at 40, let me know if you think this is correct or not. When you're done, you're done. And you can just let people know, like, I'm done. I'm leaving. I'm out. 
I still felt guilty because it was my birthday, but I also knew the people we were with, which half of them are moms. I'll put that out there, but they yes. still they still like to party when they, they get out. out strong. And I was like, they're gonna be out till two. Like they're not like leaving in an hour. So like, however I cut it, I'm gonna be the one leaving early. I don't think you should feel guilty at all. Take the guilt out <laughs> of it. It's your birthday, so you can do whatever the fuck you want. But at least you stayed around for your sign. So the bottle girls came out. Oh my god! With the lights and the flare or whatever and one woman was holding a sign that said happy birthday Julie if you went on our Instagram you saw it it was just one of those things that you're like I did not expect going from yeah. wine tasting in Napa to at a club with bottle girls you know so holding up a sign my mom asked me where we were she was like was that something that happened in like, Napa and I'm like no no. Okay. It's just I joke too. I was like, oh, they conveniently left out 40 because it was just like happy birthday, Julie. And I'm like, they didn't say like happy 40th birthday, Julie, out there. But then we did see someone with a sign, happy 21st birthday, but it was clearly a joke. It's so. clearly a joke. Yeah. It's a group of much older women, older than us, who <laughs> were having a good time too. So now that your celebrations have passed and we had this epic birthday and you had your trip with your family. Do you have any new thoughts or reflections about turning 40? I think it's like 30, right? It's like there is this societal pressure that we face. And for me, birthdays in general are one of those reevaluation periods. But of course, the milestone periods are going to hit a little harder. I learned from 32, like there's this anxiety I faced going up to it. Mm -hmm. And then once it's over, you're like, nothing feels different. Mm. And you know, my 30s were, I think, one of my best decades, mm -hmm. better than my 20s. And I'm only hoping that 40s are better than my 30s, you know, like everything keeps going up. And it's funny, because like, I remember, so I was in Boston visiting family, and mm -hmm. I passed by this restaurant on Newberry Street in Boston, where I had my college graduation party. Oh, wow. And I feel so bad for my parents. They threw me this really nice party. <laughs> and I like, cried the whole time because I thought my life was over. Like I thought like wow. everything was going down. So dramatic. Julie. It was dramatic. Wow. I was At, like, like 22. The, I was like in the corner crying. I'm not kidding. Wow. I'm like really embarrassed saying this. But I'm what I've learned. For you. <laughs> What I've learned <laughs> is that life only gets better. I didn't have the wisdom. I didn't have the knowledge I had at 22. So I think there's mm -hmm. something to be said about getting older. I really believe like older and wiser is an accurate statement. And you're just like more discerning about things in general. And yes, you focus on what matters. Like you said, if you want to go home, you go home. Mm -hmm. You don't try to like make everyone like you, but you focus on the people that really freaking want to be in your company and are excited to be there for your birthday like your values shift a lot and mm -hmm. i think like there is a side of me i'm not gonna lie that like still feels a little scared of like okay if i do want to have kids like mm -hmm. the time is ticking that's like the one thing that is in my mind but i do feel fortunate that i'm like going into this decade now with a partner that i feel like we're building a life together and you know i was like reflecting back i put up this instagram post about this is 40 i was like reflecting back on what i was looking for in a partner has changed 
changed so much yeah. in the decades. Like in my 20s, I just like wanted someone to go out with and to have fun with and be my partner in crime, like be out with my friends. Like in retrospect, it was like very clear I was not ready for a long-term committed relationship and or partnership you didn't know what at it that was. point. I didn't yeah. know what it was. Yeah. Like I just thought it was like, you know, someone to hit the bars with. Fun dates, right? Mm-hmm. And then 30s, it was like very clear to me. It's like, I want someone who's like in it with me. I want someone that like sees me for who I am, that truly sees and hears me. And, you know, someone that's going to like stick it out and commit. And now I'm feeling like I'm in this stage of like, how do we build a life together? Yeah. You know, like also it's kind of coinciding with moving in together. We're like in that next stage right now. And I think that's an exciting place to be in 40. And it's fun to look back at like how much things have changed over the decades. I get a little bit triggered when people say 40 is a new 30 because it's not the new 30, right? It's different. You're a 30. Don't you remember turning 30? How different you were then? Yeah. And by saying 40 is a new 30, it means you're going backwards. You haven't learned anything at all. So 40 is 40. Let's just call it what it is. What do you think are the biggest differences you're starting to see between 40 and 30? I mean, I'm like a week into 40. <laughs> but even like, you know, yeah, the like, year, like 38 to 40, 38, you're yeah, starting to, yeah. yeah, you're sort of like, oh, okay, I'm moving out of this decade now. I think it's a comfort with yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you're not trying to prove things as much. It's more of a take it or leave it. Like I put this up on the Instagram post. This was like the one thing that immediately came to mind. It's like this love me well or leave me alone yeah. quote, right? I really believe in your 40s, you just don't have time for the bullshit anymore. Like if someone isn't going to recognize the amazing person and partner you could be, like, why are you trying to prove yourself to that person? Right. Like, you want someone who can recognize it. And I remember even when I met my partner at 37, not being as like stressed out this time because of that. Like I was already in that place that I was feeling very comfortable and happy with my life, even single. Mm-hmm. And I remember actually talking to Kate, the one that planned this, her and I met up like the next day after my date with him. And I just remember saying to her like, of course, like if we're going to hang out again, it'll be great. But if we don't, like, I'll be okay too. Like it's not yeah. a big deal. Like of course, like he seemed great and I want to get to know him more. But if for some reason, like he's not feeling the same or it just isn't jiving with where he is in life, like that's just how it is. And I'll find someone that isn't that way, right? That appreciates and mm-hmm. can recognize a good thing when they see it. Luckily, he was able to be that person. But I think getting to that point And I think in your 40s, you really start to get to that point. Don't you also feel like in your 40s, there's just such a disparity between what 40 is supposed to be like? Because this is the point in life where people really diverge. Oh, yeah. You know, like your friends, those with kids, those without kids, those who are divorced twice. Everyone's life looks so different now. And it's just going to look even more different in this decade. But in your 20s, everyone kind of looked the same. Yeah. In your 30s, your path is somewhat the same, but 40 is like that divergence. So I was actually really scared of this in my 30s. Mm. And I remember like being in therapy after I broke up with my most serious ex and I was heading into wedding season. This was the year when you had like the six weddings and I was in like four out of six of them. And I'm like, this is not the time to be going through a breakup. That's heart wrenching, right? But it was beyond him. Like, of course, I was upset about him, but it was that I wasn't in the same place as my friends. That was like a big piece of it, Mm. that I was feeling like I was going to be left behind. 
And I think over the years, I actually learned to rectify that. I stopped caring if I was like the third or fifth wheel. Didn't bother me by the end. Mm -hmm. And I think actually in my 40s, I was really scared of this with kids too. Like, oh, are all my friends suddenly going to just be too busy and do their own thing or make mom friends and leave me behind. But I've realized like that doesn't happen. Of course, like they still can make mom friends. Like I'm not going to say like they can't. Yeah. Like I can make other friends too. But I've learned that like even though we're in very different places at the end of it, like we have a friendship that's based on years. Like, you know, some of the people on that bus, like I've known for yeah, a long time, a decade, over a decade, you know, Kate, my best friend, I've known since freshman year of college. Like, that's crazy. And it's like, she has two kids now. Mm -hmm. But at the core of it, like, we still have so much in common and so much to learn from each other and discuss. And I think I like also made assumptions like, oh, people with kids like wouldn't have time for me anymore. And I've actually learned that like they need my friendship just as much as I need their friendship. So I think that yes, like people are on different paths, but I think at the core of it, like you can choose to see that as a negative or you can see it as a positive of like we're just learning from each other at different stages. Did you ever, when you were younger, picture what you'd be like at 40? Was it ever an age you fantasized about? So this is actually quite funny. So when I was back home, my partner and I, I was telling him about my bat mitzvah video. My, <laughs> my mom had put it on DVD. I was 13 at the time. This is when I became a woman, guys. <laughs> did you cry at your bat mitzvah too? Oh, and your I life was over? I did it. I did it. But we were watching my bat mitzvah video and we realized that my parents oh, right. were the ages of me and my partner. Oh my God. And we were like, holy shit. They had like a 13 year old. And my partner and I are clearly not there at all. Yep. So it was very mind blowing to see the difference of what 40 could be mm -hmm. and like what could be your life at that stage. And clearly a lot of years have passed and just even my friends with kids, like their kids are like two to four, not 13. Right. So there's a big difference in general, just of our society and like how we viewed, you know, personal development and getting married later in life. Like there's a lot of changes that have gone on. But I think it's funny because I think of like someone 40 as like my parents, but that like isn't actually what it is anymore. Yeah, because if you even think about our friend group, We've got one side of the spectrum, 40-year-olds going to music festivals every weekend. <laughs> and then we've got the other end of the spectrum where these parents of younger kids are in the thick of it. Like this is the mm -hmm. probably the hardest part of parenting right now. And they're going through that right now. So we've got the whole gamut. Then we've got the outliers of people who've like been divorced two or three times or like the people who are trying to figure out a life still. So we really have the whole gamut of life stages at 40. It's no longer just a one look. But what's interesting is like even the people that are parents in the thick of it, like we're out partying till 2 a.m. Right. <laughs> Raven. Right. So it's like you can have multiple identities also. Like, I think in society, we just want to like cast people as like the single person or the mom mm -hmm. or the divorcee. It's like that's not who you are. Like, that could be a facet of your life, that could be a life stage you're in, but it doesn't define you. And I think we put so much definition. And I think that's why it's scary turning these milestone ages, is because there is like a painted portrait of what 40 should look like that you have 
have in your mind. And if you're not fitting that, then you do feel like something's off or like off kilter or like what's going on. And I think there's no one portrait. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the high I love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to viahemp.com and use the code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's viahemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style, spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast exit interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. Wait, wow. What? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the walls. And feedback that will make you swoon. When she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? And maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I want to go through your Instagram post because it was so well received. 
even by people who are not in their 40s, who are now, I think you've really gotten their hopes up about 40. I think they're very much looking forward to oh turning 40. That makes me so happy. So we talked about love me well or leave me alone. You don't have to appeal to the masses, just who matters. We sort of talked about that too. Goodbye, ghosters, fuckboys, and breadcrumbers. Nobody got time for that. Maybe we can kind of expand more about that. If you were dating now in your 40s. What would be your mindset? Oh, I mean, if you're going to ghost me, like that says more about you than it says about me. Mm -hmm. I think it's just all these games, right? Like, I feel like I hit this point maybe a little while ago, but before 40, but sadly not so before 40. (laughs) And I've ever hit like, you know, this (laughs) feeling of like, okay, I want a partner who's an equal that I can message when I want to. They're not going to be like, oh my God, they texted me. Yeah. You know, all these games. Like, that's such bullshit at the end of it. And I feel like dating is meant to be a tool to find a good partner for you. But if you're playing all these games and trying to, like, win over people that aren't going to actually be good partners in the long haul, like, what are you even doing at that point? Right. Like, what's the point? So I had that revelation. I remember, you know, even, like, a partner of mine, like, someone that was a boyfriend, I would get anxious, like, waiting for texts and, like, didn't want to be the one always initiating. And, like, looking back on that, I'm like, it was so clear that wasn't the right relationship for me, but I couldn't see it at that time. But I think now, moving forward, if I was to ever date again, Again, hopefully I don't, but like if I was, I would have no tolerance for that whatsoever. Yeah, it's like only caring about the things that really matter. And if people don't step up to the plate, why are you wasting your time with them, right? And yeah, there's just no time for that. For so long, I'd say, especially in my 20s, I felt this like need to win like to win affection. Mm -hmm. When someone told me like they didn't want to be in a relationship, it made me try harder. Like there was this one person that, you know, he was like professed his love for me. And then like the next week was like, actually, I don't want to be in a relationship. (laughs) And that really got me. And I stayed in that way too long trying to like make a friends with benefits into something more because I was trying to like get back this power that was taken. It's like, who has time for that? No one. He was telling me exactly what I needed to hear that he didn't want a relationship. That's all I needed to know. Should have walked away then, not two and a half years later. Yeah, maybe at 40, you actually listen. I think that's a big one. (laughs) Instead of reading between the lines, which is what we often did in our 20s and 30s. I'm not looking for a partner in crime. I'm looking for a partner in life. You did talk a little bit about this, but anything you want to expand? Yeah, I think it's just like in dating, we really go through this like date lens of like, are they fun? Is there chemistry? Did they take me to a nice restaurant? And I'm not saying that stuff doesn't matter, but like, when you think about it, like that isn't life with someone. No. It's actually really ironic ironic that like that's how we measure who a partner could be for us because the criteria is like totally off like if you want a partner that you're gonna have children with like does it really matter what type of restaurant they take you to like it's obviously holistic it's not just one or the other but I do think like expanding out what makes a good partner is really important yeah it's not really about the minutia of what they do. It's not about the activities they plan, which will flag this again. Many of you are stuck on the activities of dates, which truly don't matter in the long run. But it's really about character. And I think mm-hmm. even in my 30s, I had a hard time judging someone's character. Yes. Because yes. I was so influenced and distracted by the activities. 
activities and how much fun we had on dates and how long we spent on each date.、Mm-hmm. But character is that ultimate root of what makes a good relationship and compatibility. So judging character is probably where we're at in our forties. Yeah, I remember in my twenties, like getting just so enamored by this guy that you know on paper had it all together, right? He was like in private equity, and you know just very successful. And I liked how he was the one that always planned like the restaurants.、Mm-hmm. But then I realized like it only worked because he was doing it on his schedule. Like anytime I made a suggestion, he was not available or too busy. Yeah, I feel like society. Tells us like the man should lead, so we like view that as a pro. Yeah, but it actually takes away from like what is it that I actually want in a relationship? A quality that's not what it is at all. You know, we've been taught by society to be waiting ducks for so long、yeah. as women. I mean, only in recent years we've been told to lean in, but lean in also means not waiting for shit to happen and not being a sitting duck. There is so much hope though for the younger generation. We keep referencing our twenties.、Mm-hmm. People who are now in their twenties are not. Yeah, who we were in our twenties. There's so much more hope for you all because if you truly get better with time, by the time you reach forty, you're going to be like light years ahead of where we、yeah. are today. So there is hope. You are all so much more woke than we were in our twenties <laughs> because you didn't grow up with like stupid Disney movies and rom coms. Cosmopolitan, although those Disney movies still persist, but they're not as bad. At least like there's、It's、the same ones, Little Mermaid. Bar- like they're literally the same ones. I don't understand why they can't just make new ones. What's Elsa? Frozen? Like, yeah, that's a little different, right? We've got some,、yeah. some different strong female characters now. They're getting there. I don't know. It's baffling to me though, like seeing my friends' kids, and they still are like talking about the same Disney princesses. Oh boy! So it's like there has been like a lot of steps forward in culture and society, but there are some of these tropes that persist. Well, one of them being Barbie. I'm so done with all the Barbie marketing. I'm so fucking done. Can we I stop? I kind of want to see it. <laughs> you do? Can we stop with all? Of- oh my gosh! It's like everyone on see? Instagram. See, but that's is- coming back. It's like they just like never、sad. can come. Up with new stuff that's more progressive in the long haul. Well, we are. You and I are going to do. Anyways, that. Anyways, we digress. <laughs> There's no expiration date to fall in love. I think honestly, this one is very pivotal. I feel like we feel like there's these milestones: thirty, forty.、Mm-hmm. Like we've been told for so long, thirty is that like do or die time. So that's the only reason I do like forty is a new thirty. I agree with you in the sense of like it is regressing and like let's just take the decade for what it is. But I do like that it's appreciated with modern times how timelines have shifted a bit holistically.、Mm-hmm. That being said, I don't believe forty is the last time that you could fall in love either. I think now more than ever before, people are coming in and out of the dating pool at all times. You no longer just get married and that's forever. Like even if you did get married, you could get divorced. You could be on your second or third significant relationship. Like you put up this post and have talked about it. Like maybe we're not meant to do life forever with someone anymore. Like maybe we're supposed to have these periods that we have different partners for different needs. So I think it's a good time more than ever before to not get so bogged down on. The age and the timelines, for sure. Yeah, for anybody who feels like, oh my gosh, I'm approaching forty, I'm single, there are no prospects for me. That is okay. There's nothing to be、no. scared about. It just means that you are working on yourself, hopefully. And so when that person does come along, it's going to be absolutely. 
amazing and nothing short of amazing because for so long beforehand, at least for us two, we settled for relationships that were less than amazing because you'd rather have somebody than nobody. But as you get older, you're like, I'd rather be alone than be in the wrong relationship. And this whole thing about like, oh, there's less prospects at 40. Like once you go on, there's no one on their dating apps, especially for women because women get old and dry up and men only want people in their 20s. (laughs) Who the fuck cares? Like, let them go for – like, if there's a guy in his 50s that wants to date only people in their 20s, yes. let them. Is that who you want to be with? No. Let them. And, you know, we think more than ever, like, dating is not a numbers game. Like, I know people believe that. We do not believe that at all. I would rather have less prospects, but prospects that are viable prospects, the type of person that has the character that I want to be with, and let all these other people – do what they need to do to get out of the way to find the better prospect. We hear of women over 40 all the time meeting amazing people. So if that's the mindset that you're in, I think a lot of it just comes from societal conditioning. Mm -hmm. And like, how do we just like stop believing that? Because like what we believe is going to be the truth. So how do we start finding evidence the other way? Absolutely. I was at a party a few weeks ago and this guy's like, he's in his mid-30s and he's like, I think women in their 40s are everything. They're women, first and foremost. They have their own lives. They're not trying to like mold themselves into anything that they're not. And they're hot as fuck. That's why he's like, I only want to date women in their 40s. Like, great. Like, if you're (laughs) sitting around being like, I'm 40. Like, of course that person doesn't want to date you. But if you're like, I'm just who I am, like, take my age or like, whatever it is, then you're going to attract the person that vibes to who you are. Yeah, doesn't matter how old you are. Any kind of fears with 40? Let's go there. We know all the good stuff. I think it's just the children one at the end of the day. And Mm -hmm. I'm still like in this camp, like I've come around to the idea of having children and a family. I think like having a partner, I can see it more than ever before. I still feel like if I didn't have it, I would still have a good life. So I'm not like Mm -hmm. so attached to it either. Of course, that being said, like once that time passes, maybe I'd feel different. That's how I feel currently where there's still a window. I'm glad I froze my eggs, but I'm also Mm -hmm. like, it's still not a sure thing by any means whatsoever. And there's just more complications that happen. That being said, I don't think I was ready to have kids earlier. And I'm still not at that point that I feel super ready. So maybe that time will come. But my fear is that it'll be too late when that time comes. Yeah, it's a legitimate fear that I think a lot of women go through. Yeah, it's the biological clock. (laughs) It's a biological clock. I mean, you can't you can't argue with it anyway. And even if you're like, well, women are having kids older and older now, the prospect of being an old I know. parent is also very scary. Yeah, that's the other piece. It's like, even if you can do it. Yeah. So I think it's really great that We've used this time to understand who we are as people. And I think that's actually very important in setting us up for really great relationships because we know ourselves and we've had these extra years, but this is kind of the downside of maybe using those years for that type of development because mm-hmm. there is a little bit of a time frame. I don't think it's as much as people said in the past, like, oh, it, if you hit 40, it's over for sure. Like we know of many people that had kids after 40, mm-hmm. but there is a time that it is going to eventually end. Well, welcome to um, officially middle-aged, which is so weird to think about. I still can't identify with that, but that's, you know, yeah. according to science, we are officially middle-aged. Any goals for this decade that you've thought 
thought about? Anything you really want to accomplish? Yeah, I think it's like I want to have less fear of like the unknown. I think Mm -hmm. I carry a lot of fear of like, you know, what's going to happen in the future. Like I want to like let some of that go a little more and just be more present in the moment. It's been work I've been doing Mm -hmm. leading up to 40 also. I think I can get very influenced by milestones in age and where I should be. And I want to let that go a bit more and just appreciate it. I think like without going too much into it, like there's been a lot of just, you know, sadness that's been like a lot of death and Mm -hmm. people that are very sick right now knock on word no one like directly affecting ua and i but like in our orbit i'd say peripheral people we've heard of and it just reminds you that life is short so it's like you got to do what you love and be with the people you love and not get so focused on all the bullshit and the things that don't matter yeah i mean they say this and anybody who's above 40 will tell you this too this is the decade that kicks off more losses than beginning We're going to go to less weddings, but probably more funerals. But I think it's because of these losses that inspire change in how Mm -hmm. we view life and how we become more present, because now we are reminded every day of how short and precious life is. We are mortal beings. Like every minute we get with someone is a privilege that we may not get back. Mm -hmm. So at least it's a good reminder of that. But it is kind of sad to think about the losses that are going on. Any advice that you've gotten from your family and friends about turning 40 that let's start with the good advice. I think, I mean, honestly, I feel like I've gotten a lot of advice from you about turning 40. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Or just like, you know, maybe not advice, but I've just seen like how it really hasn't changed anything. I think that's like the biggest advice. Like it's not like words of wisdom, but just watching that like you can live your life the way you want to live no matter what your age is. Yes. And you do you and it doesn't matter. So I'm not sure if I've got in particular advice, maybe do more like health checkups and like some of that stuff that could be more prominent as you get older. But I think other than that, it's just to keep being you and to think of it as just a number. Love it. Well, Welcome to this decade, Julie. This is welcome. 40. <laughs> this is 40. Join the club. We welcome you here. And thank you for sharing some of your thoughts around turning 40 and having this milestone birthday. We will continue to monitor your progress throughout the year. My aging decline. See, I'm in like a walker see, suit. I'm just kidding. See how 40 is treating you. We'll do like a quarterly checkup. But again, it was so much fun seeing you this past weekend and to celebrate with you. Thank you. Such an honor to be there with you. Okay, we're going to wrap up this episode. This is 40. And if you have any thoughts, experiences about turning 40, or if you have a milestone birthday that's other than 40, share that with us. You can email us, hello at datablepodcast.com. You can DM us on Instagram at datablepodcast is the handle. Or you can leave us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars and then just leave a little blurb about what a milestone birthday means to you and what you've learned. Cool. On that note, wrapping up this episode, stay Stay dateable. dateable.
The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Media Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at Dateable Podcast and visit datablepodcast.com for access to all the episodes and our premium programs. Also, make sure to subscribe today if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform so you are the first to get all the latest episodes. And most importantly, stay dateable. Thank you.